Hey, we, when we don't know about something, we are scared. And we started 2016 and we have no idea what will happen tomorrow, what will happen Monday, especially with stocks <laughs> and everything else, what will happen between Iran and Saudi Arabia. And, and we are scared. And one of you here, Jack Longbill, Posted on Facebook just on a New Year's Eve, something that touched me very much. I have to share with you. I never heard this before, but it is so, so important. In Bible, we have 365 places exactly for each day in a year where God is calling us, do not be afraid. Did you ever hear that? 365 places. Am I right, Jack? Do not be afraid. We hear people around us, especially politicians, especially those that want to become leaders of this nation, preaching only fear. We should be scared. We should be scared. Why? Because they knew. No. When you scare people, you can manipulate people. As Christians, we should not be scared. So again... Happy New Year to all of you. Go through days with joy and with trust in God. I have also to tell you a big, big thank you. I didn't have opportunity to stand in front of you since my mom died on October 25th. I was there in England. She died at the age of 92, six months 25 days, and I cannot tell you how many hours. And I miss her terribly. And I have to tell you a big thank you for wonderful flower arrangements, but even more for two wonderful cards that came from you with your thoughts of support. Yes, I was invited to be here to say a few words before communion service. I was thinking what would be appropriate to say. You found in your bulletin scripture. Called it Jesus, said to us, do this in remembrance me. So I want to welcome you to memorial service this morning. And this is something so personal to me that I'm going to do something that I never did before. But I don't want to be a preacher that is talking to you. I want to be one of you. So if you allow me, I will go down. When somebody that you love suddenly is no longer around, it is painful. And I was thinking about you because when my mom died, I followed the newsletters one week, once a week, that you had in church two or three other losses. 
at the same time. And then he came to me that probably big majority of you, if not all of you, lost somebody by death, by break of relationship, maybe divorce, or children that just angrily left home, neighbors, friends broke relationship with you, and you are hurting, you are missing. And then there is a break of relationship or death. There is a grief. A grief is a very strange animal. We never know how long we will grieve. And we never know how we will react at one moment or another. Some people think, oh, I will grieve maybe for a few days, a few weeks, and that's it. In my profession now, you know that I'm hospice chaplain, we have people, family members of our former patients. They don't need any support for a few months, for a year, for two years. And then suddenly there is anniversary or Thanksgiving or something like this coming, and they are rushing to our grief support groups. They cannot be left. You don't know how long it will last. As I said, you don't know how you will react. Sometimes you feel a need, especially in the beginning, that you will have always a long face, tearful face. Suddenly in front of other people, they may maljudge you. You start laughing. And you are embarrassed. But there are other moments that you would like to be happy with others that are celebrating birthday, celebrating Christmas, celebrating wedding, and you start crying. C.S. Lewis said, when his wife died, he discovered power of grief, a strange reactions with grief. He said, sometimes people that know me will meet me on the street, will meet me in the mall, will meet me in the church, and they will come, oh, we are so sorry for what happened. Oh, how hard it must be. Are you really missing your wife? He said, and my desire was to tell them, just shut. I have nothing to tell to you. I don't know how to respond. I don't want to talk about this. I would be mad. Another time, people will meet me in the same places. They will talk about everything else, but not a word about my loss. I will be also angry. Does it mean that nobody cares? Nobody wants to know how I feel? This is scary when you are grieving a loss. I think I can say, that grief, pain, when we lost somebody, I'm not talking only about losing somebody by death. Grief may be even more devastating when there is a break of relationship. I think that pain that we feel at that moment is a costly price of love. I don't know if you agree with this. But if we didn't love somebody, do we feel pain? Not really. 
We will meet somebody we know that that person lost uh, or is going through divorce or family crisis. If to be polite, we say, oh, I'm so sorry for you. Sorry for your loss. And then we turn and we completely forget even who we saw and what we said. Because there is no feeling. But if we really loved somebody, then there is terrible pain because we miss something. There was one great composer, he had just one child, teenage boy. And this boy had really big teenager crisis. He was really rebellious to his parents, especially to his father. And parents didn't know what to do. They tried even to put some curfew on him. But it was the wrong choice. Because now he made the decision not to respect curfew any evening. So even if he would come home around curfew, but from street he would see light in his parents' bedroom, he will wait somewhere outside until there was no more light. It means his parents are sleeping. And then he will walk to home. And he will walk to the living room to grand piano, his father, open piano, and start to play as loud as he could, scale. Do, re, mi, fa, sol, la, ti. And he will stop there. And with a smile, he will run upstairs to his room, he will go to his bed, sleep peacefully. In the same time, his father couldn't sleep. He will toss, he will turn in his bed. Finally, he had to get up to the piano and play just one note, do, to finish the scale. When somebody is gone, for whatever reason, I said, death or break of relationship, music stopped. Sometimes, most of the time, it was beautiful music. Sometimes it was terrible music, you know, those modern compositions that make you scared, at least for me. But music stopped. And we miss the end of the music. And we grieve. What it can be, that missing note? It can be words that we plan to say. And we know that we should have said. But we didn't. Actions that we wanted to do. Places we were, where we wanted to go. Things that we wanted to give. And we didn't. But there is something that is missing. And we are in pain. And when we are in that pain, we know that love, life, sorry, will never again be the same. We used to go through life, we used to enjoy things, we had some habits, sometimes it was not something that we really enjoyed, but we did good, it was our love, life part. And now we know it will never be the same. You know, I left home of my parents going to seminary in 1964, just a couple years ago. I never returned to home of my parents. In 1979, I left our country for the good. 
never to come back to country. My father died 34 years ago. But I had very close relationship with my parents and later with my mom. By phone, even from Africa. I had to travel 170 kilometers, 110 miles from school where I was principal to capital city where there was a phone just to be able to call my mom. And I did it once a week. I had a relationship. But it was not a relationship with somebody that is next to me, close to me, that I see every day. And now that she's no longer there, She loved humor. I think I love it too. So each time that I would hear something funny or I would read something funny, I would call her on Skype, on phone. I will share with her. She will laugh and then she would always be serious as pastor's wife. She said, I don't know how people can find time to think about those stupid things. But she enjoyed now, I cannot call her. Something happens in my life. I would like to share with her. My, my wife's granddaughter celebrated her third birthday <laughs> a week ago. I wanted to share with my mom. No. Believe or not, several times I came to computer to send email. And now I realize, no more. She's not there. And you know, it will never again be the same as it used to. But in his love, God did something wonderful. He's telling us, I know, I see how you hurt, but I provided you at least with two lamps to help you to continue. Lamp of good memories first. Thinking about things that you had before shared with that person. Thinking about good things that you did together. One lady from England said, good memories are special blessing that God gave us. This is like giving us back Garden of Eden with one difference from first Garden of Eden. Because from Garden of Eden of good memories, no one ever will be able to chase us out. Do you understand the meaning? Age, disease, bad people, terrorism, financial crisis, bad mouthing can take everything from us. Our health, our life, our reputation, our wealth, everything. But no one can take away good memories. And God said, this is first land that I gave you. I cherish this. This is like what from Psalm 23rd. He laid me down where? Green pastures. Why? To restore my soul. This is a role of good memories. A second lamp that God gave us is a lamp of hope. Things are not going to be always so bad, so painful. Day is coming when I will come. I will play final note. And music will be completed again. Thank God for those promises. So I said to you, welcome to memorial service today. Because Jesus invited us. When you come to the table, 
remember me. In 1 Corinthians 11, I suppose that elders will read something from there, as we do always for communion service. So I will not read what we usually read. I will read to you just two verses. Apostle says in verse 23, For I received from the Lord what I also passed on you. And then in conclusion of this verse 28, he says, A man, a person, ought to examine himself or herself before he or she eats of bread and drinks of wine. Invited to memorial service, but with one duty to do first, to re-examine ourselves. Hey, you heard, I am certain tones of sermons about that re-examining ourselves. I want just to point, connecting with what I said prior. How should I re-examine myself when I come in church for this service? We say we are here because we love God. We love God because God loved us first. Isn't it in scripture? It was a song. So how I love Jesus. Tell me the story of Jesus. By the power of blood, thank you for wonderful choice. And we are here to say thank you, Lord. We love you. Really? Are we sure that we love him? In 1 John chapter 4, verse 20, 21, 20 just. If any of us here in Damnes Grove Church this morning, on January 9, 2016, says, I love God. And now allow me to paraphrase. And yet, doesn't miss brother and sister. He's a liar. For anyone who does not miss others that are not here. Those that who he, he have seen cannot love God whom he can never see. How can we examine, re-examine ourselves before coming to take bread and wine? Checking if we are truly missing those that are no longer here. May I ask you now for something special? Please, but please do what I will ask you. For a couple of minutes, please close your eyes. Can I ask you this? Hey, imagine that you are standing where I am standing now, and that you are watching this auditorium with your eyes closed. And try to remember who used to sit in this church last Sabbath. He's not here today. Last month, last year, five years ago, ten years ago. He's no longer here. Some of them died. Some of them are sick. 
can no longer come to church because of their disability. I think about Brother Krivka or about Andy's mom. And you know much more people like this. Some are not here because they drifted away from God. They made very bad choice. But this is not what is important for us. For us it's important how we react to their absence. That they are missing from here. Some are missing from here because they say we heard them by our words, by our actions. Pastor Bachelor has one expression. Please keep your eyes closed. He said we can sin by commission and by omission. By doing bad things or but not doing good things. I was invited a couple of months ago by one person from this church. I am so, so happy to see that person is here today. I was invited to meet during the week and to talk. And we had talk of about one hour. I think nice talk. And during that talk, I heard from that person who I know dedicated life to church. Church was always the most important thing. That person told me, but pastor, now it's hard for me to go to church. I come to church, and when I leave church, I'm more hurt, more empty than when I came in. Why? Because nobody notices me. Nobody is approaching me. People are, yes, in passing by, saying, how are you? And they don't even listen what I am answering. This is why for many years I am not saying hi to people by saying, how are you? I'm always saying, how aren't you? Just to make them stop a thing before responding. So somebody will stop or he already stopped coming to this church because felt lonely. And now open your eyes. I'm sure that all of you are so these tens, fifteen, twenty people that are no longer here, used to be here, used to be active in this church. Do you truly miss them? Do you truly grieve because they are not here? If not, don't lie to yourself that you love God. I'm including myself. A couple of months ago, I was here when, Apostle, uh, when, when Pastor Paul preached. And he touched me with one thing. And he said, the most secure place to hide from God is church. Do you remember this when he said? If I can paraphrase, the most secure place to hide from God's love is communion service. If you really don't love other people. If you really don't miss those that are not here. We will come, we will break bread, we will take wine, we will go home. How wonderful it would be that on your way home you will think about those that are not here. And you will make a duty either to visit them or to call them or to write to them email on Facebook or card and say they are loved by God. You love them. 
you miss them. You would love to see him back. Then we are really remembering Jesus and his death. I will finish with the following story. In First World War, there was one colleague of me, 101 or 102 years ago, but he was calling on me because he was a chaplain. He was chaplain in French army. He was chaplain on the front line. And you know at that time how people fought. Not like now, drone, <laughs> bomb, you destroy your enemy. No. They had to face each other directly. They had to take on each other. It was a terrible fight. Each time that his so young soldiers had to go to fight, he would gather them around him. He would talk to them. He would recite by heart Psalm 23. He would say a prayer and before dismissing them, he will ask each one of them to hold hand high and to repeat first five words of Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. And only then he will dismiss them. One day after whole day terrible fight, he did go to battlefield to see what happened to his soldiers. He found one of the youngest that he loved so much. He found him dead, laying on his back. His gun was far away. And he was emotional. He approached his body, he knelt, he wanted to say a prayer. And then he became even more emotional because he saw the young man holding his hands crossed on his chest, but holding this finger. And he understood why. Even in the moment of dying, his soldier wanted to testify to himself and to everybody else. The Lord is mine. Even when I die, he is mine. May God help me, you, that he continues to be our God, our shepherd. And then, we will wait with anticipation for him to come and to play dog.